Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Suzette Kent, the Federal Chief Information Officer. Suzette, uh, thanks for taking the time and welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here and we're excited to talk about the Federal Data Strategy. Right. You have some news today. So let's start with uh, the Federal Data Strategy. It's, it's out. Uh, there's I looked through it. It's about 40 steps for agencies to implement. There's a lot there, but they're broken down. So let's give me give me the 50,000 foot view to start us off. Well, the 50,000-foot view to start us off is that, um, yes, there's a lot to do, but they're broken down to focus on some things for the 2019-2020 action plan that, from a sequence standpoint, are you know, more critical to not only building the foundation of mature, healthy, secure data sharing, it also prioritizes some of the data sets that tie to other executive orders and um, critical activities, you know, that have been going on. So that's, you know, AI, financial management, and geospatial. And then for agencies, it puts forth some specific actions of agencies, you know, also, again, to help them ensure that they have a solid working foundation. So that's government, governance infrastructure, um, staffing, and the really, I think, mission-empowering and exciting thing is identifying what questions they want to answer um, and how data supports that. So the the pieces together, so government-wide, you know, foundational activities, commitments to availability of certain data sets, agency-specific actions, we are fundamentally changing the way that data is used inside the federal government for, you know, effective operation of the government and, you know, better delivery of services and solving complex problems. But we're also empowering those outside government um, to use federal data um, for specific purposes as well, to stimulate our economy, to spur research, um, and those types of things. So, that's why we're really excited to get it out. We're excited to get public comment. And as you said, there's a long list of things we aspire to do, but we're being very tactical on where we need to start the journey. And those are the things that we're going to focus on um, in this next 2019-2020. Uh, One of the things that stood out to me as I looked through the federal data strategy is you guys are taking, as you said, both an operational and a tactical perspective, but also the short-term and the long-term. Let's start with the short-term view. I know agencies have a deadline coming up in, in early July uh, as they're kind of that step one. Talk what that deadline is from somewhere around July 5th, and then what, what other short-term goals are you guys laying out in the strategy? Some of the, the July goals and some of those sets of activities are actually related to um, foundations of evidence-based policymaking, the law that was passed, um, as well, as, and that's, you know, identifying chief data officers and putting in, um, in implementing uh, sets of activities around use of data better use of data through councils, evidence, learning agendas, other sets of things. But I want to relate that to the federal data strategy. One of the key things that we did with the federal data strategy with agency partners and partners across the federal government was look at the, the long list of things where we are using data that includes or, or that had a data element that includes new laws 
that have been passed um, last year, like Foundations of Evidence-Based Policymaking or Geospatial. That includes executive orders like EOs for um, AI and commitment to the industry. That includes some things around our research agendas, supporting industries of the future and specific data sets that support um, development in those areas. But we've tied all of those into and aligned with the federal, the activities of the federal data strategy so that the federal data strategy is kind of the center of what needs to get done to deliver against all those different objectives on behalf of agencies. So like you said, the things with creation of a data council, identification of chief data officers, are some of the near-term things. And some of the others that I'm very excited about, the CIO councils had a couple things going on um, in the statistical community they are looking at that. Uh, some of the focus of the short-term action items include um, a data science training and credentialing catalog, data protection toolkits, and improving our you know, while we're making data more available, we also have to take additional steps to ensure that it is more secure. Taking and building a repository of, of many of the resources that are already out there, as, as you are probably aware, Jason, many agencies already have a chief data officer, and they have existing practices around use of data. The data strategy helps us elevate those, bring more structure to them, and in many cases create mechanisms for sharing. So you'll also see in the action plan a one-stop shop for standard research applications, some automated inventory tools for data.gov where, you know, um, it's kind of interesting, uh, data.gov is a decade old this May. Started with like less than 50 data sets. We're now at, um, you know, over 200,000. And then, you know, again, to that foundation of more structure, some um, continuing to improve the data catalogs and the ways that data is accessed, again, both inside um, the federal government as well as those that we make available externally. The one thing about this discussion around data, and specifically now that there's this strategy that's out there, is, and I think I will tag back to probably 2006 is the first time I heard this, is it's all about the data that, you know, and, and then I've heard after that data is the oil of the 21st century, right? <laughs> How does this type of strategy really get to the meat of, of those two things where so much of what the government does, so much of what industry relies upon the government for is based on that data? How is this addressing those kind of two big pronunciations that, that you know, been around for, you know, 10, 12 years? I also uh, shared with the data team at one of our meetings as, as a joke, uh, a, a T-shirt that said data is the new bacon. <laughs> but the, the point is whether you're looking at the economy or research or solving really complex questions, the way that we find and understand patterns that we didn't see before, new discoveries, um, longer-term analysis, we see emerging trends is through deep analysis of the information. Right now, we have a very binary um, path, which we either make data completely available and say, kind of, here it is, do what you want with it, or we don't make it available. And what the data strategy does is to recognize that the value, not only the value of that information, but to improve all the technology tools and mechanisms around how we make it available, but we still 
secure it. We ensure that it's available for the right type of activities, but we still are protecting, you know, privacy and all that. So what we want to do is unlock additional potential in things that we might not be, you know, currently tapping and solve bigger, more complex problems. And I'll, I'll give you two interesting, or two examples of that. And, and, you know, one of them, some of the activities that are going on um, when we look at how do we empower first responders and being able to, to marry weather data and transportation data and location data on the minute when there is an event so that we can put those pieces together to tell first responders, hey, we think that these roads are going to flood. We think that this, you know, storm is going to hit, you know, in this place. And at this time of day, the traffic looks like this. This might be a spot that we need to address. The HHS team um, shared some really exciting things and some of the sprints that, you know, they were able to do leveraging multiple data sets to identify patterns um, for early prevention of certain types of disease that they'd never seen before because they didn't have that volume of data. They didn't have the capability, you know, to look at that data. And, you know, I'll use another example in the financial management side, um, you know, the ability to bring additional precision and for the good, you know, government making some things available um, in machine-readable form. Some of that is, you know, simple, but others approaching it with, you know, a common nomenclature, we can get insights to help us address fraud, waste, and abuse. So those are kind of examples across the different spectrum of whether it's people or the economy or the way that we operate the government being able to better leverage the data that we already have is going to give us new insights, provide new direction, um, and help us, you know, be more efficient in the things that we're doing. And I get really excited, uh, you know, the I'll, I'll elevate it one step up in places where we're sharing data across agencies. Some of those opportunities are really exciting. So, so there are many agencies who, again, have had kind of mature processes and they've done some exciting things inside agencies, but some of these commitments to um, share and create an ability to share across agencies is incredibly exciting. And we've had agencies tell stories of, you know, it takes us six months, it takes us a year, we go buy the data externally. Um, we're looking at a path forward where that collaboration is supported through tools and technology. We have to take a break. My guest is Suzette Kent, the Federal Chief Information Officer. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Suzette Kent, the Federal Chief Information Officer. Suzette, uh, thanks for taking the time and welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here and we're excited to talk about the federal data strategy. Right. You have some news today. So let's start with uh, the federal data strategy. It's, it's out. Uh, there's I looked through it. It's about 40 steps for agencies to implement. There's a lot there, but they're broken down. So let's give me give me the fifty thousand foot view to start us off. Well, the fifty thousand foot view to start us off is that um, yes, there's a lot to do, but they're broken down to focus on some things 
for the 2019-2020 action plan that from a sequence standpoint are you know, more critical to not only building the foundation of mature, healthy, secure data sharing, it also prioritizes some of the data sets that tie to other executive orders and um, critical activities, you know, that have been going on. So that's, you know, AI, financial management, and geospatial. And then for agencies, it puts forth some specific actions of agencies, you know, also, again, to help them ensure that they have a solid working foundation. So that's government, governance, infrastructure, um, staffing, and the really, I think, mission-empowering and exciting thing is identifying what questions they want to answer um, and how data supports that. So the the pieces together, so government-wide, you know, foundational activities, commitments to availability of certain data sets, agency-specific actions, we are fundamentally changing the way that data is used inside the federal government for, you know, effective operation of the government and, you know, better delivery of services and solving complex problems. But we're also empowering those outside government um, to use federal data um, for specific purposes as well, to stimulate our economy, to spur research, um, and those types of things. So, that's why we're really excited to get it out. We're excited to get public comment. And as you said, there's a long list of things we aspire to do, but we're being very tactical on where we need to start the journey. And those are the things that we're going to focus on um, in this next 2019-2020. Uh, One of the things that stood out to me as I looked through the federal data strategy is you guys are taking, as you said, both an operational and a tactical perspective, but also the short-term and the long-term. Let's start with the short-term view. I know agencies have a deadline coming up in, in early July uh, as they're kind of that step one. Talk what that deadline is from somewhere around July 5th, and then what, what other short-term goals are you guys laying out in the strategy? Some of the, the July goals and some of those sets of activities are actually related to um, foundations of evidence-based policymaking, the law that was passed, um, as well, as, and that's, you know, identifying chief data officers and putting in, um, in implementing uh, sets of activities around use of data better use of data through councils, evidence, learning agendas, other sets of things. But I want to relate that to the federal data strategy. One of the key things that we did with the federal data strategy with agency partners and partners across the federal government was look at the, the long list of things where we are using data that includes or that had a data element that includes new laws that have been passed um, last year, like Foundations of Evidence-Based Policymaking or Geospatial. That includes executive orders like EOs for um, AI and commitment to the industry. That includes some things around our research agendas, supporting industries of the future and specific data sets that support um, development in those areas. But we've tied all of those into and aligned with the federal, the activities of the federal data strategy so that the federal data strategy is kind of the center of 
what needs to get done to deliver against all those different objectives on behalf of agencies. So like you said, the things with creation of a data council, identification of chief data officers are some of the near-term things. And some of the others that I'm very excited about, the CIO councils had a couple things going on um, in the statistical community. They're looking at that. Uh, some of the focus of the short-term action items include um, a data science training and credentialing catalog, data protection toolkits, and improving our you know, while we're making data more available, we also have to take additional steps to ensure that it is more secure. Taking and building a repository of, of many of the resources that are already out there, as, as you are probably aware, Jason, many agencies already have a chief data officer, and they have existing practices around use of data. The data strategy helps us elevate those, bring more structure to them, and in many cases create mechanisms for sharing. So you'll also see in the action plan a one-stop shop for standard research applications, some automated inventory tools for data.gov where, you know, um, it's kind of interesting, uh, data.gov is a decade old this May. Started with like less than 50 data sets. We're now at, um, you know, over 200,000. And then, you know, again, to that foundation of more structure, some um, continuing to improve the data catalogs and the ways that data is accessed, again, both inside um, the federal government as well as those that we make available externally. The one thing about this discussion around data, and specifically now that there's this strategy that's out there, is, and I think I will tag back to probably 2006 is the first time I heard this, is it's all about the data that, you know, and, and then I've heard after that data is the oil of the 21st century, right? <laughs> How does this type of strategy really get to the meat of, of those two things where so much of what the government does, so much of what industry relies upon the government for is based on that data? How is this addressing those kind of two big pronunciations that, that you know, been around for, you know, 10, 12 years? I also uh, shared with the data team at one of our meetings as, as a joke, uh, a, a T-shirt that said data is the new bacon. <laughs> but the, the point is whether you're looking at the economy or research or solving really complex questions, the way that we find and understand patterns that we didn't see before, new discoveries, um, longer-term analysis, we see emerging trends is through deep analysis of the information. Right now, we have a very binary um, path, which we either make data completely available and say, kind of, here it is, do what you want with it, or we don't make it available. And what the data strategy does is to recognize that the value, not only the value of that information, but to improve all the technology tools and mechanisms around how we make it available, but we still secure it. We ensure that it's available for the right type of activities, but we still are protecting, you know, privacy and all that. So what we want to do is unlock additional potential in things that we might not be, you know, currently tapping and solve bigger, more complex problems. And I'll, I'll give you two interesting, or two examples of that. And, and 
you know, one of them, some of the activities that are going on um, when we look at how do we empower first responders and being able to, to marry weather data and transportation data and location data on the minute when there is an event so that we can put those pieces together to tell first responders, hey, we think that these roads are going to flood. We think that this, you know, storm is going to hit, you know, in this place. And at this time of day, the traffic looks like this. This might be a spot that we need to address. The HHS team um, shared some really exciting things and some of the sprints that, you know, they were able to do leveraging multiple data sets to identify patterns um, for early prevention of certain types of disease that they'd never seen before because they didn't have that volume of data. They didn't have the capability, you know, to look at that data. And, you know, I'll use another example in the financial management side, um, you know, the ability to bring additional precision and for the good, you know, government making some things available um, in machine-readable form. Some of that is, you know, simple, but others approaching it with, you know, a common nomenclature, we can get insights to help us address fraud, waste, and abuse. So those are kind of examples across the different spectrum of whether it's people or the economy or the way that we operate the government being able to better leverage the data that we already have is going to give us new insights, provide new direction, um, and help us, you know, be more efficient in the things that we're doing. And I get really excited, uh, you know, the I'll, I'll elevate it one step up in places where we're sharing data across agencies. Some of those opportunities are really exciting. So, so there are many agencies who, again, have had kind of mature processes and they've done some exciting things inside agencies, but some of these commitments to um, share and create an ability to share across agencies is incredibly exciting. And we've had agencies tell stories of, you know, it takes us six months, it takes us a year, we go buy the data externally. Um, we're looking at a path forward where that collaboration is supported through tools and technology. We have to take a break. My guest is Suzette Kent, the Federal Chief Information Officer. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. In this part of the show, we continue to learn about data as we hear an excerpt from the recent Association of Government Accountants PIO-CFO Summit. First, we hear from Nancy Potok, the Chief Statistician at OMB, and then from John Ryder, the Deputy Democratic Staff Director for the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. You know, my job as Chief Statistician is at OMB. I am one of the authors of the guidance that's um, coming out to the agencies very shortly. It's in the very last stages of the clearance process at OMB, and you should be seeing it. Um, so let me talk a little bit about what OMB expects and what you can expect to see in the guidance and how that will affect you if you're a CFO or a PIO. One of the things that the Evidence Act really emphasizes throughout is the use of really high quality information to make decisions in agencies. So that means finding the information, making sure it's fit for the use you want to put it to, and then actually being able to use it to feed into the decision-making process, whether it's operational, whether you're making policy, 
whether you're trying to look at our, our programs really accomplishing what they're supposed to be. And I know those of you in the performance arena, um, and I've had a lot of experience in there, are often stymied because you, you, you have a lot of data that measures your outputs and very little that can really tell you about outcomes, especially if it's a big program that has a societal impact on people, on communities, or on the economy. It's very difficult to measure those things. However, you can measure those things. If you do a couple of steps that most agencies up to now haven't really sort of built into their DNA as to how they do this, and the Evidence Act enables agencies to do things differently, and I'll tell you how, because this is what the guidance is going to be telling you to do. So what we want is for agencies to start thinking about what are the high priority questions that we have. What are the things that we would really like to know about our operations and our programs? And I know, you know, I've, I have been on the agency side of things, sort of reporting on performance, and this is quite a bit different than that. This is not sort of setting up metrics and using data that you have at hand and filling out templates and submitting them to OMB and walking away. This is really getting a whole set of people around the table. So the CFOs, PIOs, but also some new people um, in positions that have been created by the law. So you'll have a, a senior statistical official who's looking at the rigor of the studies, an evaluation officer who can really help also design independent studies and methodologies. In addition to the CIO, there's a chief data officer who can really think about where do you get the data to answer the questions, to create the information that you need, link it together from different sources. Many times the data is sitting right in your agency or in another agency, but you can't get it. You don't know, the, like, what is the first step to grab that data from someplace, link it together to really answer questions. And I will tell you, I've seen some incredible projects with data linkages and good analysis that not only inform people about how efficiently they're operating, but can answer big, big questions like what is the effect of federal research dollars on the economy? Does it grow the economy? Where and how? That was a project that was started that's called it exists now, it's called Geometrics, and it links data from many different sources. You can look at other big things, you know, the, the effect of food security programs, um, many, many, many things. Um, but how do you go about doing it? The, the guidance will say, look, you, when you bring on these new positions, statistical, evaluation, data, you've got to bring everybody, including the CFOs and the PIOs, together in a governance structure so that you can start to create a culture of working collaboratively to answer these big questions. So OMB is telling agencies, we expect you to put a learning agenda together. We are going to put that into the budget process. We expect you to put these learning agendas together. CFOs take note. We are working with the budget side of OMB to incorporate this into the budget process. So this fall, when you submit your budgets to OMB, we are going to be looking at do you have a learning agenda? Are you asking the right questions? 
have you set up this governance structure that we're telling you to set up? So CFOs, we don't expect you to be in charge of this, quite frankly, but we do expect you to be active participants with your performance improvement officers who may or may not also be dual-headed as evaluation officers. Let's see the studies. Let's see what your plans are. Let's see what the big questions are. Let's incorporate that into the budget process. So the guidance that's coming out and when A11 comes out, that's what you'll be seeing in there. And we are working in a very integrated way in OMB to make sure that what we're saying on the M side relates to what we're doing on the B side relates to how we're reviewing your information collections that come in and the learning agendas. So in short, that's where we're going. That guidance will be coming out very soon. We'll be doing some orientations and training for people in the new positions starting in the August-September timeframe um, because we want to really start all the agencies kind of on the same page and really be clear about what our expectations are. And I will say we have high expectations. We think this is extraordinarily important and it could be a big game changer for agencies. I spoke a year ago at this conference, and to be honest, at that time, I'm not sure I knew exactly what the path would be to get the Evidence Act into law. I'm glad I'm, I was asked back because it means we had some success. Um, <laughs> it felt, you know, by the end of the year, we, it was literally the very last thing that the Senate passed uh, before the Congress, the 115th Congress ended. Uh, that culminated, um, you know, five years at work from my boss, Senator Murray, and, and Paul Ryan. Uh, they built up a lot of goodwill and, and capital and really a brand, and, and the two of them uh, wanted to use it, and they wanted to put it forth in the service of evidence. One of the th points hopefully you'll take from this is that the, uh, not only from OMB, but from the Congress, the really strong bipartisan interest in, in, in using evidence to make better decisions. When they did that, they, they purposely set up a, a two-part strategy. The first one was creating the commission, which was a great report, uh, unanimous, but if it had just been the report, it would have been seen as a failure from the two of them. It really was then about using that to then do foundations, what sometimes also referred to as the Evidence Act. That, as I mentioned, got done literally as, as Congress was heading out and in the midst of a shutdown. It's, if you have you've ever wondered if the legislative gods has a sense of irony or humor, the fact that it was a shutdown that probably created the impetus to do this or that capital, and at the same time that the culmination of it was in another shutdown is probably proof that yes, they do. I mentioned that in part because it has, I think, set back the implementation phase a little bit. No, no fault of OMB. They were directly impacted by the shutdown. They had a budget to get out. Uh, they've been working on the data strategy. We are doing the things you would hope that we would be doing on the Hill, including working with appropriate, using Senator Murray's senior positions on the appropriations and the budget committees to uh, push for funding to, to, for implementation, to uh, do the oversight and ask the questions and engage in dialogues with the administration, including with OMB and with the departments. And we'll be doing obviously a lot more of that once the guidance is released. I'll say three things that in particular that my boss is, is very focused on as part of this. One of them that Nancy mentioned was the uh, evidence building plan, sometimes referred to as the research agendas, learning agendas. We see that as really impactful for, in terms for agencies to really prioritize and bring together those research and evaluation agendas. It also explicitly has a pathway for Congress to be part of that process so that we're also partners in this. And also I think has a really important pathway for external researchers to bring to bear what the questions that they're interested in, the research they're doing, with what the agency's focused on, with what Congress is doing. 
A second one that is uh, really important to us is Title II, the Open Government, the Open Government Data Act, um, which uh, really gets into requiring agencies to have open data plans, uh, having a catalog so we know all the data that, that agencies uh, hold, um, and, then, and then making available non-sensitive data in, in readily use, usable formats. We think this is something that's a real deliverable to the research community and also to other agencies, and it's something that will gather a lot of tension that we're focused on to make sure it's done right. And then the third one that is probably a less known one that we think will be really important going forward was in a, um, an advisory committee on data for evidence building that we almost see as a continuation of the work of the, the commission set up inside the um, ex executive branch uh, that in conjunction with some pilot projects that the OMB and the administration is already doing around the U.S. data service, I think really will set us up nicely for like the next step, the next generation of, of legislation. That's all the time we have for today. You just heard from John Ryder, the Deputy Democratic Staff Director for the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. And before him, you heard from Nancy Potok, the Chief Statistician at OMB. They spoke at the recent Association of Government Accountants PIO-CFO Summit. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. 